God, thank you that uh, you are good to us, and you love us. You love fun and silly things, um, but God, you, you bless us, and you give us the ability to enjoy this, to be in relationship with one another. Um, God, just pray that tonight is one where uh, we, you know, I hope that we always recognize that, but tonight, help us recognize your goodness. Help us recognize what it looks like to follow you. Um, help us just grow in that and become young men and women that love you, are devoted to following you and practicing what that looks like. Help us be uh, like this story in Nehemiah here and help us grow to be uh, like other followers of you, God. Praise things in your name. Amen. Cool. All right. So like I said, ooh, my shoulder's falling off. So like I said, uh, where we are in Nehemiah, if you remember when Adam spoke, they finished the wall. They finished the wall. It's done and they're celebrating right? That's, that's where we're walking into. We're walking into, it's a religious celebration, but it's also for all people, right? They are just rejoicing. They're celebrating. They're happy that the work is done. If you remember, there was kind of a process to getting here, right? Our, our first eight chapters, seven, eight chapters have been full of opposition and people that have threatened to, to kill the Israelites, to stop the wall, to tell the king, hey, they're going to rebel against you, uh, none of it was true, but they faced a lot of opposition, but it still happened. What they saw is they saw God's faithfulness come through, and God said, hey, this is going to happen, and it... So they are celebrating that, right? The wall is complete. So this is, again, a religious celebration, which is the key thing that we have to look at. Uh, let, let's look at how they celebrated, which I know you guys don't have Bibles in front of you, which I should have thought in hindsight, because I didn't do slides, because I wanted us to be a little bit more focused on exactly what it says. So I'm going to read it to you. I might read it twice since you don't have it. But uh, chapter 8, if you do have Navigable or on your phone. But it says this, Ezra, it's a new character we're meeting, but Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, all the people stood up. Quick note, Ezra is kind of in a position probably like me to you right now. Like It's kind of the idea. He's on a stage. He's high. If you don't know at all who Ezra is, actually this book, Nehemiah, is really Ezra, Nehemiah. It's all one book. Ezra is a prophet. He is a follower of God. He's a religious leader for the people. Uh, and he hadn't actually been mentioned for quite a while, for like 13 years at this point. So Ezra has kind of been, for whatever reason, in our story, at least in the shadows, but he is a known religious leader, a godly man. And so he is going to open up God's word and they're going to read it together and use that to celebrate. And he's elevated above them so they can all hear him. It also, he's going to speak with authority, not his own, but God's. And I just wanted to note this. It says, as he opened it, God's word, the people all stood up. If you attend main service, you'll notice, usually when we read the Bible, we stand. Right? When we're reading the main passage that we're going to talk about that day or the verses we're going to study, we stand. We have to take that from this passage. I just wanted to take that moment and, and note that for you that this is why we stand. It's the idea of being in reverence or in respect to what is being said. So it's an old practice, uh, and we are just kind of following it, acknowledging it. It's not like you absolutely have to, or it's sinful if you don't, but it's kind of out of respect and noting that now when you stand, the words that are being spoken are authority. It is God's authority, not my authority, not Wyatt, not Curtis, not whoever is speaking, they're standing because at that moment, it is God's authority being spoken. So they're, they're making a note and a change of that. 
uh, at the moment. And so that's why we kind of follow suit and do that as well. So in case you ever wonder when you're in main service why we do that, this is why. This is where we take it from. But okay, so this is, again, their celebration. What are they celebrating? It says this, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. Then they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground, right? So here's what they're doing is they've gathered to celebrate. The first thing they do is they read God's word to celebrate, and then they respond this way, right? They say, amen, amen, and then they lower their face to the ground, which if you don't quite understand what that is, is it's kind of like a position. If you are laying face down to the ground, it's a very humble and vulnerable position. Usually in other places in the Bible, it's seen when people are praying in private, especially. They, they bow their faces to the ground. Uh, it is the idea of they're lowering themselves. It's a private moment between just them and God. It's no, no one else can really see what's happening besides they've now lowered themselves to the ground. So Israel is responding now to God's word being read to them. They're celebrating, and God's word is leading them in it in celebrating what God has done, right? And it's a great thing, right? To us, it's hard to relate to this, right? We don't have a city. We don't have a wall being built around us. We don't quite have the same thing that we celebrate like this as a group of probably tens of thousands of people, honestly. So this is what they are practicing, though, is they're modeling this for us, which is celebration is, again, rooted in God's word, celebrating what God has done. So they're looking to God to instruct them on how they should follow him, how they should celebrate, and what they should do, right? So I'm going to skip ahead kind of to the end. And this, is, this sentence, this verse, this is verse 17 if you are following. I relate to it very deeply um, about why. But it says, from the days of Joshua until that day, Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great, right? So what is it saying? There's, there's kind of a nostalgia thing happening here, right? For the days of Joshua now, Joshua was a long time ago. A long time ago. It had been such a long time. They had never celebrated. Like, it means nobody alive. Generations of people alive had celebrated the way that they are celebrating now, and it made their joy very great, right? So, Last night, I was talking to my friends. I was playing Rocket League. Uh, but I was talking to my friends. We started talking about Veggie Tales. Uh, my friends, mind you, not Christians, but they all knew Veggie Tales. And so we started talking about Veggie Tales. I don't know if you've seen Netflix like rebooted Veggie Tales a couple years ago. It's not good. It's not good. It's, it's like low quality. It's, yeah. We started talking about Veggie Tales. And I had not watched an episode of Veggie Tales since I was like probably seven, you know, uh, which is a long time for me. And there was that moment where while I'm playing, we kind of pause the game and we start watching Veggie Tale videos together. And I'm not going to say that my joy was at the same with the Israelites, but my joy at revisiting my childhood memories there was very great. And by the way, this show holds up. If you have not watched Veggie Tales in a while, but you grew up with it, Highly recommend. Watch Veggie Tales on YouTube. It's worth your time. But your joy was very great because I remembered how awesome this thing was in the past. And then when I came back to it, I had all these memories that came back and all this goodness and all the ways that I had enjoyed it. Uh, it filled me up. It was, it was a life-giving moment. Uh, another way to think about this is uh, 
you may have heard this phrase, kind of a church youth group phrase, but a camp high. Uh, if you went with us to Ross Point last year, you probably know it was awesome. It was so much fun. And by the way, quick promo, Cascades is going to be even better. First of all, high school will be there. Second of all, yeah, woo, they will not be there. It's just us. Second of all, it is, I mean, it's a good place. It's just us. We get to do our thing. It's going to be even better because we're going to have even less COVID rules than we had before, and we're going to have more space and all things. It's great. But you, what happens when you go to camp is you go and you have this amazing week, right? And for me, last year going to Ross Point, it had been years since we got to do camp. COVID hit. We had to cancel camp for two years. So really, it was almost three years by the time I got to go. And I missed it. I missed it so much. But camp is exhausting on the one hand. You probably can relate. You guys, especially in middle school, for whatever reason, you think that you can stay up for like three days straight. You cannot. Uh, but it's exhausting, but also at the same time, it is, it is like life-giving. You're like, I'm not challenging you. Please do not do that. But like, you are, you are just like riding a high the whole time you're there. It is crazy, weird experience that is so fun that you look forward to every year because it just brings you back to this place that you just can't get anywhere else. I have to take it later. But so camp, you ride that high and then you come home and within like 24 hours, it's gone completely. Whatever feeling you had while you're at camp, it was like, this is crazy. This is so cool. I just feel this sort of way that maybe I can't describe. And you go home and regular life happens and it's gone. Just whatever that feeling was, has evaporated. And you didn't try to get rid of it. No one forced it out of you. It just, it's gone. And it happens. And, and then, eventually, we're getting close to Cascades. It's going to happen again. You're going to get all amped up again. Right before you go to camp, you're going to be so excited. You're going to go. You're going to have a great experience. It's going to be great. And you come home, and it's different. Israel, we're talking thousands of years, not one year in between their camps. But Israel is kind of experiencing something like that. What had happened is that they had forgotten God's law. They had forgotten God's goodness, what he had done for them. They had forgotten all of that. They hadn't practiced any of it for all this time at all. And then finally, after they complete this wall, they have the celebration, they go back, they read God's word, and they celebrate the way that he commands them to and provides for them and they realize how amazing it is. They're just basking in that moment. They're sitting there. This is amazing. This is unlike anything else I have ever experienced. It's basically how they're feeling. And for me, the way that I can kind of experience that is, and your leaders can, I promise you, relate to this. There's different times in my life where I feel closer to God, and I feel there is kind of indescribable feeling of when you are being constantly obedient, you're seeing him work in different ways in life that you cannot explain in any other way besides God is amazing, and you are drawing close to him. You're following, you're pursuing him. You're doing things to obey him, to try to just be close to God. And there's times in my life where I'm not perfectly doing that, but I'm close to that. And there's times in my life where I feel very distant and cry, and I feel like, man, I'm just worn out and exhausted, 
and I'm having a hard time with God right now. Not, it's not even like I'm mad at him or anything. It just feels like I'm distant or like there's this kind of this barrier. I can't quite describe it. I don't really know why, but then I'm able to, to look at it and be like, well, I remember just a few years ago or last year, I felt like this. Why can't I go back to that? Like what's, what's in the way between me and that, right? And, and the short and obvious answer, except it's not so simple, is that it, it's a matter of just obedience, uh, of being obedient to God in every little moment. It, if you went to ASM Sunday and listened to Curtis, Curtis uh, taught through the book of Ruth, and his main point, you don't have to know the entire message, but his main point was every moment is divine, right? There's, there's no small moment that God has not given you an opportunity to obey because to him. Every single moment, even if it seems mundane or pointless or, or what, what's going on here, this can't really matter, if we feel that way, the truth is there could be so many things that happen, kind of like a butterfly or a ripple effect off of that, that the only obstinate obedience to Christ leads us over here to this high, to this moment of being close to him. And the goal is not that this is a, a high point. The goal is actually this is a constant, that we want to be close to God. We want to be following him. We want to feel energized by him. We want to see him working in amazing ways. I want to be uh, be used by God to, to reach my friends. I want to feel like God is speaking into my life and the decisions I make matter and that I am doing things that, that are encouraging me and growing me. And the way you get there is not by making a bunch of really, really huge decisions. The honest truth is the way you get there is by going back to basics. Right? This, is, this is what they do in this passage, right? They recognize God has been to them. They look to God and his word to understand that God has been good to them and what they're supposed to do out of that. They do it together. One, that's one of the big things is they don't do it alone. It's not an individual person that, that is all of a sudden just doing this alone. It's done in community. It's done together. And lastly, the final thing is, uh, and this is kind of just an bonus, it's prayer. It, it's totally got to be covered in prayer. If we're trying to be over here and we're trying to be close to God and we're trying to obey him, see amazing things happen. It's got to be covered in prayer. Because what's prayer? Prayer is talking, communicating with God, right? It's very clear that prayer is powerful. Prayer is real. He blesses us. If we ask anything in his name, he will give it to us, right? Prayer matters. So those are the big things, right? It's knowing his word, being in his word, being in community and praying. And this is just kind of the challenge I want to leave us. And this is where I want to be thinking about our time leading into this summer. Uh, you guys are, are wrapping up your school year. I know it's probably kind of in the, the lull. It's probably getting a little bit hard to focus on things, be motivated and driven. I know how it, it is. I know I'm there with my school. But this is where I want to encourage you that you make individual decisions, and you can do this together as a small group to challenge each other, to encourage each other, to grow in this way. So it's very basic. The first thing is you have to actually be in God's word. You have to actually read it to know what it says in order to obey him. It's kind of a no-duh 101, but it, it truly matters, and it's difficult to do. If you're not reading the Bible at all, if you don't spend any time, I totally get it. That feels like a mountain that you have to get over. But I just encourage you, start small. <laughs> I hope that you can do more, but Read 
one psalm. There's a giant book of poems and songs. It's called Psalms. They're beautiful. They're great just to encourage you to hear deep love for God. Read one psalm in the morning or evening, whichever. Just read one. Start there. Practice that. What you would do, I'm going to give you step by step. I genuinely start basic. Not anywhere. If you're not doing anything, start here. Pray for a few seconds. God, help me love you. Help me grow to follow you. Even if it's that simple. You can pray for more, but that simple. Read a psalm. You can start at Psalm 1 if you want. (laughs) Read a psalm and then pray about what it says. It says, God, you're so amazing. God, we love you. If it says things like that, say, pray about that. God, help me love you. Help me recognize you're amazing. Pray through it. Start there. Step by step. It's that simple. You'll grow from there. You'll be able to do more. But if you don't know at all what to do, I want to offer you that. Start there. If you're already reading the Bible, talk to your small group leader. Ask them, what book should I read? What do you do? But if you aren't doing anything, step one. And this is where the community comes in. Ask each other how it's going. I encourage you as a small group, do it together. Take on the challenge. It's a simple challenge. I'm telling you, this can take you less than five minutes, start to finish. I hope that as you do it, you grow in love for it and want to do it more and more. But I get it. It can be scary to start. So start small. Start simple. Five minutes. You can do it. I know you can all do that. And then do it in community. Again, ask each other how it's, how it's going. There, there's also a hurdle there of having some honest, serious conversations with each other, particularly when it comes to our faith. Chat with one another. So I encourage you to do that. Ask a very simple question. Hey, how did reading your psalms go this week? And share. Step one, it's baby steps. We got to start somewhere to get from over here to over here, right? So start there. And I also encourage you, you guys are in small groups in ASM. You guys are great. Love each other. Trust each other. Build those relationships. Focus on have a long time to, to spend time together. You're here pretty much every week. You can hang out and get to know each other, and encourage one another, and build those relationships so that they meaningfully matter. And lastly, pray, which I kind of mentioned already. I, I really believe this, and I've been, I feel convicted of this, uh, that one of the things is when I was over here, and, and at the moments in my life that I feel like God is so obviously working, that I feel close to him, that I feel encouraged to, to do all these things where it's like, yes, of course I want to be in the Bible. Of course I want to be doing things where I'm looking to serve him and uh, give my time. It's because of prayer that I'm here. It's because of either people praying for me or the way that I feel close to God through prayer is that I'm actually giving time to pray. That I'm actually setting aside time where I go to God and I just share how I'm doing and I ask him to help me. You don't have to have fancy words. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm just pouring out my heart to him and saying, God, this is where I'm struggling. This is where I'm hurting. I'm also going, God, I also now recognize this is where I totally messed up and I should have obeyed you here. Practicing that in prayer helps get you over here. It's, it's actually not just helps. It's necessity to get over here. You have to have that part of your life built up. I want to do with this. It, simply, when I was in middle school, and maybe I'm dead wrong right now, but when I was in middle school, I felt like this was a lot, that trying to live a faithful life 
was something that the adults did because when I was in middle school, it was too much for me. There's too much to think about. It's too hard. I'll work on maturity when I'm older. And I just want to tell you that that is a total lie, and you guys are capable. Uh, if you follow Jesus, if you believe he has saved you and that you want to be obedient to him, you can do this. And this can have such a powerful impact on your life that your years now can have a ripple effect for the rest of your life, for next year, for the year after that. As you move forward in life in high school and then college or work, whatever you're doing, what you do now can be laying a foundation that lets you even more at the next step and the step after that. And so you're not too young. This is not too hard. It is difficult. It is challenging. It can be discouraging at times, but that's why your small group leaders are here. That's why you have a small group. That's why you have me. I, we want this for you. We desire this. And all of us can probably relate at some point to where we have struggled with this and where we've probably bought that lie where this is too hard. I don't have time to do this right now. Or even the lie of it's not worth it. But I just, I promise you, I'm going to put your small group leaders on the point or on the spot. You can ask them about it because we probably all have some experience with it. And I also will guarantee this because they're all amazing people and they love you deeply is that they will also share with you that it is worth it to invest that time. It is worth it to make those sacrifices. Uh, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. We do this in community. We struggle together. We're not perfect, but we sacrifice. We make ups and we grow close together. I'm going to pray for us and we're actually going to break into small groups. We're not closing worship night. We're just going to go straight to small groups. Uh, and just in small groups, I encourage you, talk about what do, what do your spiritual practices look like right now? What do you want them to be? How can you improve? Share with one another. Be comfortable. You know, you don't have to spill every single part of your life out, but where do you want to, to see your spiritual habits grow? And how can you pray for one another and how can you encourage each other? Uh, so I'm going to pray for us and you guys can head to small groups. God, I, I just pray for this group of students that um, that they would know that you love them, that they would know that you have blessed them uh, with great community here, with small group leaders, uh, adults that, that love them and care about them, that, uh, that we want them to follow you and o obey you and what that looks like. And God, just pray that they would be faithful in their lives, that they would uh, grow in, in their habits, that they would take steps to, to become followers of you. God, I just pray that you also would help them see through and, and put to death the lies of they can't do this or uh, that this is too hard. God, help them see that you are possible for them, that you've given us all that we need uh, and you've given us to help out uh, as we struggle through this. Um, God, I just pray that that ASM as a whole, that, that we are a group that, that practice loving you, that we practice loving each other, encouraging each other and supporting each other, um, and help us just be faithful in that, practicing that. God, we love you. Praise things in your name. Amen.